first thing that um, we need to do and take care of business this morning, um, and let me set it up this way. <clears throat> when I moved to Kansas City, if you remember in the interview process, I, there were two concerns I had. One was whether or not I could handle the winters here. The second one was there was no sweet tea in the fellowship meals. We got the, the sweet tea taken care of. But this entire time, I've had people telling me, and by the way, it's snowing outside right now. I've had people say, "They're not winters aren't bad here. You get used to it. It rarely snows. Had to cut short my Thanksgiving trip last week to get back before the blizzard blew in. It's snowing again right now, and so I think what we probably need to do is just uh, go ahead, and those of you that have been telling me this whole time, oh, it's not bad here. This, it, 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 this, is, this is mild. It doesn't hardly snow. Let's go ahead and get your forgiveness and get you right before God. You can just come on down, fill out. Mercy. Um, I haven't been up here for two weeks, so i, I got to... Got to talk to you. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Love it. Being with family and eating incredible food and watching football games and playing in the yard and laughing. And, and in our family, we tell the same stories that, right, that have been around for 30 years in our family. We know the punchline and we can't wait to hear them again and we laugh. Love love Thanksgiving. Last year, Thanksgiving of 2017, um, I was not, we were not able to spend Thanksgiving with our family in Louisiana because we were here. And um, two days before Thanksgiving, our little Jordan was born. And um, so on Thanksgiving morning, my favorite day, my, my brother-in-law's brother-in-law, brothers-in-law, they, um, we fry turkeys down in Louisiana. Anybody ever done that? That's an experience. A wonderful taste. So, and, and my two sons, they have always sat out there and we talk and laugh. I wasn't able to be there. On Thanksgiving morning, Danielle and Jordan were being released from the, the hospital to come home. So I was up there, and it was time for them to get everything together, and so they kicked Grandpa out of the room, and I was down in the, um, down in the, in the lobby. And I was by myself. I looked at my watch. It's 12 noon straight up. I knew my family is eating and laughing, and I'm in the waiting room. And I have in my hand a package of sun chips and a bottle of water. That was my Thanksgiving meal. And I sat there and this was the thought that came across my mind. This is the greatest Thanksgiving I've ever experienced. I wouldn't change it for a thing. This past week we got to go back, of course, to West Monroe where all our family, but where I was working down in Columbia, Louisiana, 
we went down for a day to see people. Our beloved friend who really got us to Columbia. Big man. He's a, he's a, this is it's not funny, but it is. He's such a big man that about a year ago, he has this huge welding truck, Dooley. And he, he thought he put it in park, got out of it. The truck started rolling. It rolled over him, ran over him. <clears throat> and um, he got up and walked in the house and told his wife, I think I need some help. And they, I said, you got up and walked away from being run over by a welding truck. Yeah, that's, that's the size of this man. And he loves girly movies. Oh, wait, let me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Love story movies. He loves Hallmark. He loves listening to music like Celine Dion. And so I tease him about that all the time. But he's had cancer, and so we went back this week. He was, he was up and about and moving and, when, and still working um, when we moved here. But um, he's now bedridden. We went to his house and we carried him into, into his chair. And um, we ate together. And, and with his wife and Marianne and, and my two children, uh, Peyton and Caroline, we circled up and we sang hymns. And if you've ever watched um, some, someone who is struggling in life or um, has an illness and he loves to sing, the expression on his face kind of jarred me back into a different type of reality. Because for him, he's not just singing words. This is his life. And so we sat and sang together. And the one that stood out to me was blessed assurance. You get to the chorus and it says, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. It was hard to sing that song without tears flowing. I want us to sing it. I want us to sing that song together because what we do here are more than words. It's 480, but by the time you get there, I'm going to be going. Okay, let's stand together. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation and purchase of God. Born of His Spirit and washed in His blood. And this is my story and this is my song. We're praising our Savior all the day long. This is my story and this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His good. Sing it out. And this is my story, and this is my song, praising 
my Savior all the day long. This Raising my Savior all. And the church said, you may be seated. Matthew chapter 6. As we continue uh, going through the Sermon on the Mount. um, Talking about the kingdom of God. And how Jesus um, laid out living in the kingdom of God. It's been, uh oh, I don't have a... I don't have a clicker, so somebody's up there, go to the next one. I need to remind you of some things. I'm, I, I'm, it's, it's critically important that you understand what we're talking about and what Jesus is talking about. Again, it's kind of like the song. It's more than just words. This is our life. This is how we function. This is how we live uh, in this world. And so the, the, the Sermon on the Mount is the message of Jesus that came before the mission of Jesus, right? The gospel, the, the crucifixion. The, he, he came and He taught us a message in the Sermon on the Mount. And the message is, this is how we live here on earth as believers. And it's a community message. We do this together. All of the commands and the thou shalts and the thou shalt not, most of the time are in relationship to each other. Have you ever thought about that? It's how we treat each other. It's how we love each other. It's how we live together. And so we learn how to love others by working on ourselves, the fourth degree of love, fourth level of love that we talked about a month or so ago. And so if, and here's the deal, if I don't understand that I'm supposed to be working on myself and growing and becoming and overcoming and learning new things and, 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 and disregarding the things in my life that I need to get rid of. We won't function as the kingdom of God. So what Jesus has come to lay out before us is heaven on earth. Go to the next slide. Please. Here's what I wanted to say. The message can only be realized as we strive to live it out. If, if you've listened to me over the last month or so in the Sermon on the Mount, but you haven't found those, those areas, those things that you know you need to be working on and work on overcoming them, whether they are the emotions, how you treat people, how you view the world that you live in, then it's not going to do us much good. For you see, this message is not what we do. It's who we are. We don't just love. We become love. It's who we are. So that it flows out of our very being. Okay? So, chapter 6, starting in verse 25. Therefore, he says, I tell you, I'll be there in a second. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? 
and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not... Are you not much more valuable than they? Interesting word that this word came up in Bible class this morning about value. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, actually by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, or do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, and what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry or be anxious about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So here's the command. All right? Very simple. Do not be anxious. Nope, 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 nope. Don't even try it. Let me say it again. Do not be anxious. No, some of you are still doing it. Do not be anxious. Right? And what you were doing was... Yes, that's correct. I'm, I'm not anxious, but I'm, I'm concerned. I, I, I have a level of concern. Don't go there. Listen to Jesus this morning. When He says, do not do it. Do not be anxious. Because here's what anxiety and or worry and or to some degree concern, here's what it does. It robs you of today. It will rob us of living today. He asked the question, isn't life more important than these? Isn't life? And I said, what, what is life? What is he talking about? I think he means this, living today. Being able to, as I've talked about before, being able to enjoy the moment that we have right now. That we we get to be together this morning with each other and to sing and to laugh and to remember and to cry and to be in the presence of God and to remember that we've been saved by the blood of Jesus. Church, it doesn't get any better than this. Could I get an amen? It doesn't. And so when we are anxious... We tear away from the day that we have. Now, here's been the big question, and, and this has been the big challenge. Um, what is it that Jesus is saying about how these things are to be added to us? Jeff was supposed to preach this sermon last Sunday, and we sat in my office and we had this discussion. 
Now, here's what Jesus says. We're not going to be anxious, but we're going to seek first the kingdom. And we talked about what are some of of human beings' greatest worries? You ever thought about that? What is it that causes us to worry? And this is where I think we really need to make sure that we are practical in our interpretation of the Bible. Because if we're not careful, we will have a tendency to spiritualize certain things of our life that don't really have um, the practical impact um, that they could. What do we worry about? We worry about, and you can go online and Google this, top 10 worries, top 20 worries for people. Want to take a guess? You want to do a little audience participation? What comes to mind? Yes, money. Money, work, what's that? Family, relationships, children. I heard work. I heard uh, money. These are all in the top ten. Isn't that interesting how quick y'all pointed these things out? What else did I hear? Winter. Let me fill out my card right now. Who said that, Jerry? All right. Y'all help me. Y'all see Jerry do something wrong, let me know so I can preach about it, okay? What else? Health. Did I hear politics? Can you say that in the church? I don't know. Is that politics? Terror? That's another one. But yeah, these are the things that make us anxious, right? Most of us aren't anxious about, oh, Dear, dear Lord, I, I'm, I'm worried that I'm not using the right translation of the Bible. Oh, I hope that, you know, my clothing is okay, you know, in the presence of God. We don't worry about certain things like that. Right? We, wanna, we worry, and what stops us from living is health issues, financial problems, marital problems, family issues, relationships. Uh, well, I forgot what else. You're, you're right on target with these things that cause us to worry. Now, here's the question. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. So, is it the case that I'm just supposed to trust God, and God's going to improve my health, and He's going to bring me money, and He's going to correct my marriage, and make my children listen to me and obey, right? Which is called... Today, a miracle. Um, So God's just going to do that for me, right? And there are some that have that particular theological idea. Now, I I threw in several verses that I want you to think about, okay? If you go ahead and go to the next one, I believe it should be Proverbs. Um, Look at these verses and see if that fits with the theological perspective that I just pointed out. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. The ant has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers food in the harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. How long are you going to lie there? 
How long are you going to sit there? Let me say this. How long are you going to sit there and worry and have anxiety about this situation? When are you going to get up? Go to the next one. Here's what Paul says. Paul says, I have labored and toiled and have gone without sleep. I've known, uh, I have known hunger and thirst and have often, often gone without food. I've been cold and I've been naked. That's Paul. Paul's seeking first the kingdom of God and he had these particular challenges. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers, to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teachings that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked day and night, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. For, for even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. If a man will not work, he, he shall not eat. So the idea that, you know, well, I just got to believe in the kingdom and I just got to sing louder in church and, and all of my anxieties and my worries and my problems and my issues are just going to go away. And that just doesn't, um, that just doesn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Connect with other scriptures. So you have to think about this particular phrase that Jesus uses. Here's what we do. Seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. And so that word seek is a verb. It means that there's something again that you and I have to do. And, and, and the, the, the challenge that Jesus gives us is this. You've got to get to work on your world. The world that we live in is the kingdom of God. Well, here's what Jesus has already told us that we have to be working on. Our emotions, the, the, the anger, the toxic emotions that, that we have. Learning how to love other people, not view them as objects. Learning how to store up treasure in heaven, not on earth. Right? Again, these are all things that take discipline and work and patience and determination and not quitting that I am going to continue to grow and become so that it's not, again, what I do, it's who I am. So Jesus said you've got to be seeking first the kingdom. And all of these things then will be added to you. Right? So the question is, how will they be added to me? How will that happen? And I want you to think about that particular question in your, own, in your own theology. So if I do these things, what will happen? Is God going to dump the lottery in my lap even though I don't buy a ticket so that I have no more financial worries? I don't think that's going to be the case. I think what happens in my own experience in life is that as I trust God enough to abide by His Word and begin to put these things into practice, these other things tend to happen. Like, wow. You know? I was... I, I just decided that I was going to work on my health. And, and, and so I decided an apple a day keeps the doctor away. They say that in Kansas City. Has that, got, has that gotten up here in the north so far? I said, I'm going to eat an apple every day. 
And lo and behold, then, after doing that for a period of time, I start to feel better. And not only that, but then I'm able to do things in life that before I couldn't do because I was, this is the way they say it in Louisiana, a little Debbie a day. Anybody ever, did, has little Debbie made it to Kansas City? She, she brought her truck up here? A little Debbie a day um, causes me issues. Right? So I could say, oh, dear Lord, would you please come in and miraculously um, get rid of my health issues and, 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 and make little Debbie go away? I said, God says, sure, I can do that. But here's what you have to do. So I want to begin to work on these things that cause me worry and anxiety. And if we're honest, we all struggle with this. There's only a few things that you and I can work on and fix. But there's one thing you and I cannot fix, and that's another person. And what do we worry about the most? Just worried about him or her. I'm just anxious. I'm just sick. I just can't sleep. I just, right? And one of, the, one of the things that we do when we get into this um, um, lifestyle and process is we try to go faster and work harder so that we don't think about what's really bothering us. Say, dear Lord, would you please take away my stomach issues and my high blood pressure? Say, God, if you just take care of that. God says, sure I can. The first thing you've got to do is take me seriously at my word and say, do not be anxious any longer. These things are all connected. Now, here's the problem with anxiety and worry. Go ahead and and, and click it one time. This is what literally happens. When we worry, and by the way, think about it. And I've probably said this before already. There are not many of us in here this morning, hopefully there's none of us, adults, who are worried and anxious about graduating first grade, right? Not, I'm not, I, don't, I don't stay up at night worrying about graduating first grade. Why? Because that's already happened in the past. Worry is projecting yourself into the future. Think, think through this with me. So I'm projecting myself into the future, what might happen. Now, you might be anxious about something that you did in the past that might come to fruition in the future, but but your real issue, though, is the future. One more. Go to number two. Here's the problem. Future doesn't exist. It's not here yet. Click it one more time. So here's the issue. Thus, worry or anxiety projects one into a non-existent reality. You have just, we have just placed ourselves in fantasy la-la land that doesn't exist when we're anxious. That's why it robs me of today. So I want to learn how to go to work on the things in, in, in my own lifetime, in my own situation that I can take care of. 
Right? So let's be very practical. Some of us, instead of lying awake at night and worrying about finances, tomorrow we need to go to work on taking care of some of those issues. By the way, M. Scott Peck wrote one of the greatest books in this, not on finances, but on this particular idea, The Road Less Traveled. And from time to time, you'll, you'll hear me quote him. But it's the idea of life has meaning as we are overcoming our problems and our challenges and we are growing and we are becoming. See, when we are proactive in seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness first, we really don't have time to sit back and be anxious and worry. i got things i got to do. i got health issues. Well, let's start tomorrow by walking around the block. Don't sign up for the marathon tomorrow. Walk around the block. Well, I've got these relational issues. Write the letter. Write the letter. Put it in the mail. I'm not responsible for how the other person responds to what I'm doing. I'm responsible for my own behavior and my relationship with God. Can't change that other person. But I can write the letter and tell them how much I love them and ask them to forgive me. And tell them what they mean. Right? Instead of laying, it wa- laying awake in bed at night. See, I think that's seeking the kingdom of God first. And as I walk around the block, and as I eat an apple a day, and as I go and, 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 and reconcile with other people that I need to with these relationships, all of a sudden now these other blessings start popping up in my life. And I worked on my finances for 10 years, 15 years, and all of a sudden now I'm not in debt anymore. Wow! Seek first the kingdom. How many of us are worried about what other people think about us? Right? That's another big one. <clears throat> My daughter is right now um, getting ready to participate in her first collegiate track meet in about an hour or so. And um, she's been high jumping in high school for a few years, and she was um, uh, battling last year to win state in Louisiana in the high jump. Now, let me give you a backstory to this. And, and stop me if I, I... I can't remember the stories I tell anymore, so if I've told you this, just say stop, skip, move on to the next thing. Um so I was teaching at the Christian school, and I was friends with all the other coaches. And every morning, the track coach would be out there on duty in the, in, a, in the high school Bible class teacher. And we would all sit and talk, and some days we would laugh. And, and um, so we were standing there the, that morning talking about my daughter Caroline's high jump the day before. And the high school Bible class teacher said, well, you know what we used to do? He's from Uvalde, Texas way down south Texas. And he said, um, he said we, we called it the cow dive, the C-O-W dive, cow dive. We didn't know any technique, you know, where you turn, jump backwards. We just took off running at that bar, and when we got to the bar, we went head first and just, whoo, right over the top. We called it the cow dive. So uh, we laughed about that. Well, we get to the regional track meet, the, the, the meet before we go to state for my daughter. There is a girl from a small rural area 
who is cow diving in the high jump. So the track coach takes a video. He's going to send to the Bible class. He said, you won't believe this, what we're watching right now. We have a cow diver out here. And so she kept getting over the bar. It was so funny because, you know, when you, when you do the high jump and you go backwards, you land and you stay right there. When you do the cow dive, you're going full speed at the bar, up and over. And when you land, you know, you've got that pad back there. She has to land on her elbows and knees and try not to skid off the back of the pad. It's like, and she keeps, she gets the next height. And she gets the next height. We couldn't believe it. Everybody, everybody around is talking, can you believe that? That's no technique. That's not how you high jump. There should be a rule against that. She wins. My daughter comes in second. They're both going to state down in Baton Rouge. I tell my daughter, I said, look, when you get to state, you've been there before. She's going to be so nervous. That won't work. You know, she'll trip, she'll fall, whatever it is. It came down to the last two contestants, the cow diver and my daughter, right over the top. Lovely young woman. She is so, she's so funny. And she would jump and get over the high bar, and she had run over to Caroline because they had been, you know, going against each other. And she had hugged and smiled. So she asked, she asked Caroline one time, she said, did she got over. She said, did I get over the bar pretty high? Was that a pretty good jump? And Caroline said, I, I don't know. I was looking down praying you would miss. I don't know how. <laughs> and um, she starts warming up in, in um, state. And all the other participants, the girl, like, are you kidding me? Does she really do that or is she just making fun of us right now? And my daughter said, no, that, she really, she's for real. And she won state. She doesn't care what people think about her. Um, my daughter jumped the same height, but my daughter had one more miss. If you know anything about track and field, one more miss. So she, But she won it. And so in our family now, we have a new saying. We've, my daughter was disappointed, but we say, look. And I told her today. Go out there and cow dive the high jump. What does that mean? That means go live life. <clears throat> so what what other people think? So what that they make fun or they think that the way you're doing it is a little bit odd? So what? I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to have anxiety about it. Cow dive life. Learn how to live now in the present moment. Don't project yourself into the future that doesn't exist and in the meantime, eating up your insides because of all of the toxic chemicals that we produce. Do not be anxious. But seek first the kingdom of God. Let me give you one more verse that I want you to think about. Here's what Paul says. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say it, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And watch this. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's what I wrote down. Instead of being anxious, we want to learn how to... Be peacefully seeking, peacefully working, 
Not with the motor turning. But I'm at peace. How does that happen? Every morning, every morning, we start out the day in what we call time alone with God. And I want to get up and I want to thank Him. And I want to praise Him. I want to present my petitions and my requests. How? With thanksgiving. God, you're in control. Thank you for this day. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for providing. I want to do that. And I want to get up from that place and get out there and go to work and seek the kingdom of God and take care of what I need to peacefully. Peacefully. I want to encourage you to do that. There's, there's something in, in, in our lives right now, for most of us, we know we need to give that up because it's causing anxiety. Yes? Just shake your head if you, yes, I, I, know, what, I know what it is in my life. I want you to go to work on it tomorrow, today. But first, go before God. God, I want that peace that transcends my understanding. It means, it means I don't know how this works. I don't understand it, but I believe it. And then I'm going to peacefully seek, peacefully work. About ten years ago, I have this. I get this phone call from a uh, young lady. It's in her twenties. She wants to come in and counsel at the church, and I find out a little more about her. So, Marianne is in the office with me as we're counseling, and she comes in crying, sobbing, crying, 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 crying. And and and, and she's sobbing so hard I couldn't. She couldn't even speak. So finally she stopped for a little bit and, and she said the cause of her weeping is her mother. And she's really concerned about her mother. And I said, well, where, where is she? Is she okay? Yeah, she's fine. She's at home. I said, well, does she have health issues or, you know? No, she's fine. She, she has a job and she works and, and she carries herself. I said, what, what, are you, what are you crying about? And she said, I'm always afraid my mother's going to die. I said, again, is she in health issues? No, she's fine. Perfect health. But you're constantly being anxious about and crying about her impending, is that the right death? Her, her future-oriented death. And so, again, what she had done was taken herself out of living in the moment, in the now, projected herself into the future, which, which doesn't exist, and she lives as though her mother is dead while her mother is alive and healthy. And those are all common stories that we hear if we don't take Jesus' word and what he said to do. Church, do not be anxious, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added. Peacefully seek and work this week. Let's stand and sing the invitation song, and if we can pray for you this morning, you can come to the front right now.